All right, welcome. Episode 12, the main stand podcast. Uh, I think I think we have one kind of real order of business today. Um, let's talk about the Liverpool Man City game from this past weekend. Uh, yeah, Josh, let's talk about it. Yeah. What do you have to say? I was talking a lot of shit this week in the build-up, so my fucking <laughs> let's guy, hear my it. fucking guy, Mo Salah. Liverpool get the three points. Mo Salah, I mean, Mo Salah is just a big game player, and he tortures Man City, and he did that to Jao Cancelo, spun him like a fucking bottle top. Uh, Liverpool are back, baby. Two wins on the bounce, four wins in five. Liverpool are so back. This game had everything. It was the probably game of the season. I know it was one nil, but it was awesome. Uh, exactly what we needed at Anfield. Pep gets, you know, riled up by the crowd. Uh, Jurgen Klopp gets tossed out. It had everything. Uh, what an enthralling 90 minutes. That was a good game, genuinely. It was a good watch. We got to watch it with Mitch. Um, I told Mitch at halftime I thought we were going to lose, so I could kind of see the writing on the wall. Uh, However, I did scream i am gonna shove anthony taylor's big bald head up his ass after the goal like after the play on with the 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 holland uh shirt pull but no there was there was a lot of back and forth it was a lot of fun and you know words were said throughout the game there was confident uh confidence from both of us throughout points of that match for sure was there? I was feeling pretty bad after like 30 minutes. Uh, I did not feel very good. I don't think so. I, th- I think you I think you had your blue goggles on a little bit. And looking at it from the Liverpool pr- perspective, City went out and, and still bossed it. We were able to we were able to work our game plan at the end of the day and finally put together some confidence. Which was which was numero uno on our list of to do. Yeah, I mean, I I think Liverpool played a really good game, and I think that there's like a lot of credit to, especially that back four, which again I talked a lot of shit about last week. Um, your defense was really solid. I thought Robertson was like player of the game through the first like 25 or so minutes. He was really energetic down Liverpool's left. Uh, hats off to fucking James Milner, and that's yes. all I'm going to say about that. Yes. Um, and I think, for me, I think the man of the match was uh, probably, I mean, it's a toss-up between Van Dyke and Gomez. I thought Gomez put on a really good show. I think, I don't think him on his own smothered Holland. I think it was a mix of the fact that Van Dyke and Gomez were the two players marking him anytime he got himself into the box. Um, and then it helped that James Milner admittedly handled Phil Foden pretty well down City's left, and we didn't really build down the right very much. Um I thought Bernardo Silva was our best player by far. Uh, he was absolutely everywhere for the entire 90 minutes. He always likes to put on a good show against Liverpool. I do kind of think ultimately uh, at the end of the day, this is a game that kind of falls on a, on a Guardiola overthink in terms of City's shape. Uh, De Bruyne kind of occupying that like far right half space and not really operating through the middle very much. I, I don't think was the greatest decision. Um, I think playing... Ake at left back and then a Kanji Diaz in the middle with Cancelo on the right when Ake and the Ake and Diaz have been a better center back pairing. Um just probably was the way to do it. Just put player and players in places they've been familiar with throughout the season. Uh but I mean overall it was a pretty bad not bad city performance. I think City were fine. I just think Liverpool ultimately were better liverpool showed the levels that they should have been showing since day one um 
I'm not super worried about this game. Anfield's always a tough place for City to go. Yeah, I was confident going into the game, but ultimately we never win at Anfield. It's not the end of the world. Um, And, you know, what kind of Man City championship season would it be if we didn't lose a disappointing away game to a mid-table side? What was more surprising, the fact you didn't score or the fact that we kept a clean sheet? The fact we didn't score. Could go either way there. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I think you guys have been looking better at the back over the past couple of weeks. Um, And you were up for it. You could tell right from the get-go that you were up for it. Um, We didn't really get Holland into the game, and I just – and I had issues with the way City set up shape-wise. But ultimately, you have to tip your cap to Liverpool. Mohamed Salah is really – he really is a a phenomenal, phenomenal player. Um, And I really wish that he didn't sign that new contract and went to fucking Madrid last year. He – I mean, he had that same kind of run into the goal, like, what, 10, 15 minutes before that, the one he missed? Uh, great save uh, by Anderson. It, was it miss? It was a great okay. save. Yeah, Thank yeah, you. Yeah, Thank I, you. I was getting there. Uh, <laughs> and then Jota kind of had a, a free header uh, as well. I felt like Liverpool probably should have had a second somewhere in the game. Uh, they were expected mm-hmm. to for sure. Ultimately, you get the one goal, and it did feel like City were just going to kind of nip us in the end. But uh, – you can't even say how much that win meant to Liverpool. You could see how much it meant to the fans and Anfield as well. It was probably the best Anfield night, I would say, this year. Uh, mm-hmm. And, yeah, I mean, I think this just puts us on a trajectory of, you know, success because it kind of helped get our confidence back a little bit even after a 7-1 win against Rangers, uh, doing it against, you know, the best team in the world. Uh, mm-hmm. It's always going to give you more confidence. So, especially Mosal Mo scoring a goal like that too does worlds for him mm-hmm. i do i do have one one thing just because i had time to to think about it and then think about the game yes it, that that is a foul from holland in the build-up to the Foden goal but the way anthony taylor had been refereeing the game i don't know if i'm a super big fan of calling it a foul yes it is a foul so ultimately right decision but it didn't feel like that was the way the game was being refereed. And also, I did not appreciate him stopping a city attack to send off Klopp. I don't I don't like that. Uh, I, a, I don't think Klopp should have been sent off, really. Like, yeah, yeah he touched the fourth official, whatever, sure. Um, was not a huge fan of Anthony Taylor stopping what looked like a decent attack to send off Klopp there. Um, at I'm the end of the game, I wanted to fight Anthony Taylor. So I, I think everyone did. I and I'm gonna disagree that the the way that it was called, or I'm I'm gonna disagree that you're saying that that's not how the game was called. What happened was exactly how the game was called all day, and it was play on, play on, play on. So letting thirty seconds of buildup happen after the Holland foul is exactly how he called the game. I don't agree with it because it was a foul and it should have been blown dead before the goal even got there because that happened at midfield. But if you're going to, if you're going to play the game one way, do it consistently throughout. I, I do agree with you there. I mean, it was right, a, but, Allison had his hands on the ball anyway, so it would have got taken. Yeah, back I, yeah. I think, I think ultimately too, I was even saying that to Mitch when we were watching the game because yeah. Mitch was, Mitch was having a little meltdown when we scored, but I was even saying I think the goal was going to get called back because, yeah, like you said, Allison's hands were completely over the ball. Yeah. But it was just weird refereeing from from Anthony Taylor. Um, no, we're going to pump Brighton this weekend, hopefully, and things will be back to the way they're supposed to be. Yeah. 
What'd you think of the, um, it seems like this rivalry is getting a little bit nastier. I kind of like it. You know, I think I like the game. fact this game, that this game has an edge to it. I like the fact that all of your fans hate my favorite city player. Um, and I like the fact that the players kind of are, you know, getting a little, a little chippy with it. I like, I like the fact that Bernardo is the way that he is. I like the fact that Guardiola gives it back to your fans. Uh, I like the fact that Klopp is very invested in the rivalry, but I like the fact that I think at the end of the day, Guardiola even said it himself. Um, when they both retire, he's going to share a big glass of wine with Jurgen Klopp. Um, cause, cause ultimately I think that they're two great coaches and yeah, I think Klopp is a little bit of a, a, a twat, excuse my French and he can be a little bit of a, a whiny bitch to the media often. Um, but I think he's a great coach and I really like the rivalry that the two of these coaches are, are creating. It's, it's something that I don't know, a lot of coaches are very like buddy buddy and a lot of rivalries are like rivalries but they're not but i like the fact that this game really really has like an edge to it because they're two really good teams like there's like a rivalry between like liverpool and united but you know over the past few years it's been like all liverpool and the occasional united win and the rivalry between city and united is has been like so lopsided since like 2012 that none of the games like really matter um you know, that was like the one derby that mattered and when City first won the league in 2012. But then, you know, after that, yeah, United like stopped us from winning the league by 19 points that one year. And, you know, we just won it when they lost to West Brom four days later. So there, there isn't a lot of rivalry in the Premier League that feels like City-Liverpool right now, which is why I kind of like the, uh, the, the bitterness to it, the edginess, the like, yeah. you know, shit could actually pop off in these games and it's fun. It's uh. As much as Klopp you know, loves to whine, I love watching Pep get unraveled at Anfield, and I don't oh, even think it was, I don't think it was even him going at our fans. I think that's like a WWE moment of like him, like he doesn't get that energy at at the Etihad, so he was he was enjoying Anfield while he could. Uh, and I think, oh, yeah, I no. think he admires Anfield. I think he would fucking join Liverpool in a heartbeat if he had the if he had the chance. Uh, it, like before Man City. I think he adores our club, like, secretly. Uh, and it, we live, like, so rent-free in his head. Uh, just as much as you live rent-free in my head. Uh, mm. And City lives rent-free in flops. You know, it's a time is a flat loves. circle. And to, on your Bernardo point, too, uh, you know, he really just wanted Mo's shirt at the end of the day. Uh, but, you know, who doesn't? It was the closest a City player got to Saul all night. So, um, mm. That's fair. You're getting, you're really getting these in over the since oh, you know yeah. since last week. So I, I had I, these all prepped and written down, baby. I've been thinking yeah, about it. I gotta week. respect it. I gotta respect it. Whenever every time you see Josh glancing down, he's not actually looking at anything. He's just looking. He has a little note card with all Joke the digs book. he's got written down for me for the rest of the episode. Yeah, Joke Pat book. and I get light notes this week because Josh is too busy writing down one liners to throw at Pat. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it's gonna be a short episode this week yeah uh, all right i think that kind of wraps it up i mean i think the other just one big note is jota um he's now out of the world cup you said that real with some real finesse mitch i think uh, yeah sorry that would pass that is sad it's very sad uh that was i i did want to kind of bring that up because a we're what five weeks away from the world cup four weeks away from the world cup now 
Yeah. We're we're in crunch time to the the start of the second half of the season. So big miss, but I think uh with the midweek games we'll get into uh we'll figure it out. Liverpool mm. are riding high. We got it turned up to eleven now. I also I forgot to mention this at the beginning of the episode, uh Minnesota United's run has ended. Oh no. Lost on penalties. They lost to a, a Penenka. Yeah. Ended their season in pens. It was 5-4, right, in penalties, yeah. Josh? Goalie got sent the wrong way every single kick. Uh, yeah, it's tough. It was, like a fuck, it was in Dallas, too, so I stayed up to, like, 12.40 to watch the end of it. It was awful. Jeez. But, so MLS is done for the foreseeable future. I think we're going to touch on MLS later, but we'll move on to... You guys want to talk about just like the couple of midweek games today? Not not that much, but yeah, I mean, it, the I didn't get a chance to watch these games today. Admittedly, I normally do. Today, I did not. Um, I saw that Liverpool, not Liverpool. I saw that United lost to fucking Tottenham. No, other way around. United, United beat, beat Tottenham. Tottenham. United not a beat Tottenham. Yep. I saw that Tottenham lost to United and. Tottenham conceded to Fred, so I think these guys are frauds. I think we overrated them. Yeah, probably. Chelsea with a nil-nil draw against Brentford today. A little lackluster. First real lackluster performance from uh, from the new manager in charge. This spicy James Bond villain with his turtleneck. He made five changes thing... to the side. He had Brogia started today. A few different players in there. So big rotation. Yeah. Do you guys see that thing on Sky Sports where the managers interviewed each other? No. no. It was on Twitter. What managers? It was it was Potter and uh Thomas Frank, the the Brentford manager, right? That's the name Thomas Frank. Am I yeah, stupid? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. They they both were at the Sky Sports desk like together. Who would you guys have what would your ideal interview look like? Who's interviewing who in the Premier League? I would what like to see I would like to see – can we bring someone back? No, you can't bring Sean Dyche back. No, not Sean Dyche. Yeah, you go ahead. Go, go, you bring uh, someone historical would, back if you want to. No, not historical. They got fired this year. I would okay. just like to put Conte and Tuchel in a small room together for an hour. That's a good That'd one. That would be That's so much one. fun. Hmm. I'm trying to think. Two, two managers sitting in a room together. Having having a conversation. I mean, the easy one is like Pep and Klopp, but that feels boring. So no, yeah, that's, yeah no, no. I would I would probably say Jurgen and Arteta. I'd I would say, say Jurgen and, and Eddie Howe. I think Jurgen and Eddie Howe would go at it if they were in a room together. I don't think Jurgen likes him at all, but I think that's a that's a fun concept from Sky. I think they should do more of that stuff. Mm. They are getting a little bit more fun with the the soccer coverage. Not even on Sky, but on all the stuff. I think uh, CBS again this year has killed it with their. They do so much fun stuff with Jamie and Micah. That's the best best desk team in football right now. They're awesome. Maybe in sports, it's like the TNT boys with like Charles and uh, Shaq is Shaq. like the only thing that compares. Yeah, they're solid. But like that's like our that's like our Chuck and Shaq. You know, yeah. we get Henri and Carragher. It, they had uh they had Dempsey on the other day and they put like a highlight of uh Micah getting in Dempsey's face when uh it was like full on Oh yeah the, the you don't you don't know where I'm from bro moment yeah <laughs> that, that is great. good that is Classic. good I 
Uh, you guys want to? You guys want to take it out of bounds? You guys want to get off the football pitch for a little bit here? Let's get off the pitch. Yeah. So the probably the biggest off pitch thing that happened is uh, Big Ben's gets it gets his very well deserved, might I add, Ballon d'Or. Um, we all kind of saw it coming. He was definitely the far and away favorite to get there. Um, top three was Benzema Mane and Kevin De Bruyne. So good day for City. Good day for City. Good day for Liverpool. Good day for football because Benzema got his deserved Ballon d'Or. Um, and uh, also City won the Ballon d'Or Club of the Year. So Yeah, that was bullshit if we're being honest. Well, it's more than just the men's game is the thing. Our women won a trophy or both our youth teams won their respective leagues. We had like a, our disabled team or like the paraplegic, not paraplegic, that's probably incorrect, okay. but like the the handicap team, they won their league too. So I think it's like a little bit more than just the men's team. The men's team clearly wasn't club of the year or okay, team of the year. Was, but I thought that was the category. No, it's team okay. like club as a well, whole um, yeah. and like a bunch of city teams. Or yeah, a bunch they got of New York City, city. FC. That's the city football group. We don't count them. And uh, but yeah, more more than just the, the men's team this year. And I think that was kind of why it, it was the way that it was. But I mean, also it could just be Sheik Mansour paid him some money, so we want something. So who knows? Yeah, free press. We I uh, I'm glad there. to see Mane up there. I do think uh, Salah could have had a run at it. I think losing too many, you know, he lost the Champions League, lost Afcon, didn't qualify for the World Cup, which kind of put him probably lower on the list Pretty- than he should have been. But bad three-month spell of games too yeah the, the like back half of 2022 for him wasn't the best he picked, he, he's picked it up you know right now but yeah. not enough time i don't think um i mean outside of that i think the only other thing to talk about i know we said we weren't going to talk about the mls but this has kind of been been gaining some steam josh i think you probably are a little bit more voiced on the movement as a whole so we'll let you intro it and then i can give my opinion because i certainly have them about this topic if i was prepared i would have had the hashtag up but it's a hashtag i be like i've been seeing more frequently and it's definitely making its rounds on twitter uh yeah people want relegation in the mls it's like really it's kind of interesting because it's like half completely like right down the middle half want it half don't and both sides are extremely passionate and hard-headed uh, but I mean, yeah, it's a really kind of popular uh, discourse right now. I'm in favor of it. Uh, I Same. think relegation makes everything more exciting. I think when you're growing, um, the U.S. is interesting in soccer landscape because we're basically where England was, you know, a hundred years ago. We have we're building kind of this plethora of clubs, but we're putting them in leagues where they can't really move up or down based on success, which is kind of bullshit. Um, and mm-hmm. we basically have the American sports set up of, you know, if you're an owner, you can't really fail because you just stay in the same league all the time. Uh, I think, again, that's fraudulent. So I think for soccer to be successful at the USL level, USL League One, there has to be some incentive to winning the league uh, and moving up a division. I think if not, you're just going to kind of separate those leagues and the, the, nothing's going to be connected it's not going to be kind of a cohesive soccer unit so there's going to be a bunch of different leagues that you know yeah i, I don't think it grows interest it's not going to feel kind of like the the pyramid that's set up in in england um and yeah i think josh every point you make is pretty much how i feel i think that relegation is necessary it, it forces these owners like uh our good friend bob Kraft to care about his teams because if he doesn't they're not gonna you know do well if the if the rebs were in a relegation battle this year for example um it would force the owner to care about them next season because they need to put the investment in they're gonna lose their money um 
another thing just in terms of growing the game. Um, and it was something I saw in the ProRel argument on Twitter. I didn't realize it was like part of like the, the discourse that was going on, but somebody posted, there was a team in the lower levels of England that were playing in like a, like a tournament or something like that, you know, when it was like a pretty broad, broadly televised tournament. And like, there's like a 6,000 person venue. Imagine what that does for a small club in the U.S. that, you know, gets promoted to the MLS because they're better than fucking FC Cincinnati. You know what I mean? Just one of the, a bad team and they get promoted and then they're getting all this TV money. They get, they can expand their stadium. They can give opportunities to their fans and things like that. So like, do things on like the national level and you know you grow the club that way and i think that what you said kind of hits the nail on the head with these owners that don't really have to care and it's it's fraudulent that they can just buy a club put it in the mls and just kind of walk away from it um so to speak and not really actually care about the success it forces these owners to care about these teams that they're buying and it forces force them to make good decisions and i think it over it just improves the quality of, of of the game in the u.s overall if the best teams get to play in the best league and not yeah. just like the owners get to keep themselves in the mls forever um it's just not how it works in anywhere else in the world for this sport and you know maybe we shouldn't be looking to americanize it because clearly we don't do it the best anyway yeah and Wrexham uh, I think are a really good example case study for people to go off uh the way you know Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney have kind of went in there with you know obviously a lot of funds but they're kind of just you know regular celebrities um the way they've kind of gone in and shown how you can highlight not only a football club but a city as well and grow it uh exponentially I think is a, a thing of like why wouldn't we want to do that in the United States why wouldn't we want like a celebrity in charge of forward Madison where they can invest money highlight not only the soccer team but the city uh that just mm-hmm. seems like obvious to me and then you know you saw Wrexham this past weekend got all the way to you know they were on ESPN plus for millions of Americans to watch um it just seems obvious but owners are too greedy they're all American, so I'm I'm kind of not thinking that the MLS will ever change. It's just one of those things that just seems so fucking pointless. It's going to take a lot of time, and I think the fact that it's split 50-50 now, what was it five years ago? You know, I, I feel like every five years we, we start having this conversation pop up, especially right around the World Cup time where soccer is at the forefront of the world it's on the global stage mm. and it, it it blows my mind that we're still in a position in america where we're so a, like the general consensus is the game isn't isn't american it isn't fun it's boring it's not worth it and to give a team that's in the USL or USL won that opportunity to work and get up to a top level just seems like an absolute no brainer. It's um, it feels like over time, five years from now, we'll have the same conversation again. The numbers will get skewed. The older this population gets of people our age and younger, where the game is being changed at the grassroots level, it's being displayed for more people. It's easier to access soccer will will eventually get to that in america and and i 
I can't see it not get growing that way. The amount of people that do follow the game now. It also mm-hmm. adds importance to like uh, you know shitty teams playing at the end of the season. Yep. Who cares about like even the the revolution like the, those last yeah. couple games? Who cares? You're right. Who <laughs> I certainly didn't. Yeah, there, there's no point in it. But you'd care if you were going to get sent down to the USL. <laughs> right. For sure. That's that's the thing that people don't really understand. And I hate the people who stand up for the MLS as like the prime example of a, a sporting league. If you have that much pride in the MLS, something's wrong with you physically. I mean, it's just insane. Mm-hmm. But I digress. Um, I'm not sure what else we had. We did have uh, we didn't talk about Liverpool West Ham. Just Liverpool won that again. So again, two wins on the bounce for for Liverpool. I think that was the last Premier League thing to really touch on. Uh, there are some games this weekend. Like Pat said, you're probably going to wax the floor with Brighton. We're probably going to do the same with Forest. Mm. Uh, uh, I mean, United Chelsea is a big one. United, United Chelsea is nice. a big one. Um, and I honestly, I'm I'm surprised that Leicester are in last right now. They're terrible. They are. They are terrible. terrible. And they didn't buy I anyone didn't, in the summer. <laughs> they didn't buy anyone. They lost everyone. But like. They're they're a point behind Nottingham Forest with a game in hand after after ten eleven games, so they they have five points from ten games. Uh, I'll, I'll be keeping a closer eye on Leicester moving forward. I think they're abysmal. They like they genuinely could get the drop if they keep playing this way. Danny Ward's I, uh, their goalie, I think. Our he boy. Is. He's he's the he's the one that led in the own goal to lose to. Who was it? Roma yeah. in 2014 oh. at Fenway. Oh, oh, preseason. Um, yeah, pre. I think sure. I think he was I think he was in net for that game against Roma. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, they suck bad. I mean, they're <laughs> they have like good individual players, but I think they're just kind of. Yeah. I don't know if they're really ready to give it a go. It just seems like they're not really up for it. It's it, it's uh, Rogers still at the helm. Yeah. Yep. Fans uh, can no longer buy happy birthday messages on the <laughs> Jumbotron. Funny. Oh, yeah. Because Brenda Nout. And uh, Zach Rogers. Yeah, Zach Rogers. Yeah, they. Uh, if, if fans can no longer buy them, which it's funny. It's funny. Villa play tomorrow. Um, so by the time this comes out, Jared, you know, probably could get the sack as well. I'm surprised he didn't get sacked. Uh, there was rumors he got released a couple nights ago, but looks like he's still there. We will see. I can't wait for Villa to come out managerless and just not say a word tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, I know. Supposedly, uh, they're trying to get Poch back into the in the managerial sphere, which Poch to Villa would be very funny. Uh, yeah, it would be. I don't know. It's it's funny how these managers go from like the highest of highs to Aston Villa. Yeah, Southampton, know? Spurs, PSG, Villa. It's a Aston Villa. It's, it's pretty funny. You'd think like. You'd look at that, and it's kind of like Shakiri's career path as a player. If you flip it on its head, it's, like, <laughs> insane. Like, if Poch goes to Villa, it's like you flip his managerial career wow. around, and it's, like, the trajectory you kind of, like, expect of some managers, you know? And it's it's just, like, very – it's very funny to, to see that, you know, fall from grace, if you will. But Poch was never really, like – I mean, he had a couple of years with Tottenham, sure, but he was never really like that guy at PSG. And 
I don't know, people, I, I think he was one of those managers that people kind of overrated because, you know, he had a good batch of players and he had a system that worked for them, but he doesn't, it doesn't really work anywhere else he goes. He does feel like he can handle a big player, I feel like, which I, I think that kind of suits him, but uh, I think he would get fucking torn apart at Villa. I think Villa probably, I didn't think through enough of maybe the difficulty of getting that young group of talent to play like that Milan Christmas tree formation. I think that's just too mm. hard for them defensively, uh, which is why they haven't done really well at all this year. But, again, they have shocking players, too. I mean, Tyrone Mings and that lad, that own goal he gave to Chelsea was, I think, they played Chelsea this past weekend, right? Yep. Yes. Uh, that was, yeah, Mings had an awful game. Which, he's, like, used to be their captain, so tells you all you need to know. Mm. He's uh, He's on fraud watch. He's been on fraud watch for a time. Uh, I think the only other thing we have to talk about, we're going we're gonna to pump the, the Mariners game again for you all, uh, the USA soccer night they're having. Again, this is the night of Friday, November 25th, Black Friday. Um, after the USA plays England, you see Mitch repping the, the main bloobs. The, yeah, the, their alternate, uh, alternate jersey from year one. Yeah. Shut up, Oakhurst, one time. That's milking up. Oh. Best milk in Maine. That, that's actually true. If we had an episode on uh, Maine brands, Oakhurst is up there for me, and their milk's very good. Uh, anyway, back to the Mariners <laughs> before I get on my milk rant. Uh, you want the championship package. It's 130 bucks. Uh, you get you know VIP access to the viewing area. You kind of get in that front section to watch the USA-England game, which is going to be absolutely on its head, I think. We're all going to be down there filming content, stuff like that. You get a limo ride to Reraw and then to the Mariners game as well. At Reraw, you get food and drinks. Uh, mm. And you're in the, the ice level lounge suite at the Mariners game, so it's not just your average seat. Uh, and you're taking home some beer and a scarf as well. There's a couple other packages, but this is the one we're really trying to get people uh, to buy. We want that soccer and hockey crossover. Um, and I think you can reach out to the Mariners, probably their website, for more info on that. Uh, mm. it, it, it is worth noting too if you if you've got like prior commitments during during the day and but you still want to go to like the hockey game for example you know you gotta like watch the game on your phone or you're you've like already got these pre-existing plans for the game you're like getting together with friends you're going to do something but you want something to do after the fact the premier package is only 55 dollars for this as well too and you still get that lounge seat ice side with the mariners and it's food included in the hockey game and you still get to take home the scarf so if 130 is a little bit out of your price range, but you still want to go to this, you still want to go to the hockey game, you still want to be involved with all this stuff, the premier package is probably where it's going to be at if uh, if, you're, if your pockets are anything like mine. <laughs> For sure. Uh, and also, too, this is coming out uh, Thursday, Thursday morning, whatever. The 20th, yep, October um, 20th. We're also going to be at the Mariners game Saturday, uh, and that's at 6. Uh, is that the home opener? Yes, correct. The home opener for the Mariners this year. Us three are going to be there. So if you see us, come chat. Uh, you know, we're more than friendly, more than willing to talk some soccer, you know, on demand. So look mm. out for some some Mariners content coming soon. And uh, I think we'll have some smaller videos kind of coming up to interviews, short content and stuff like that. Mm. Absolutely. Anything else from the Completely. Boys? Go Liverpool. It feels good to be back. Yeah, we're back. We're we are back. So back. We're back. Back. Mm. 
You're fine. You're finally back in the top. In the 10. top ten. That's where yeah, you are. Yeah, back in the, the top actual seven. top seven. Yeah, the sky. We're almost we're almost in the Europa League window, baby. Did somebody lose to put you in seventh? You're in eighth. The last time I looked at the table. No, we won today. Oh, that's right. Oh, so you're 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 still in eighth. There's games in hand. Oh. That was our makeup. Yeah, game. we have a game in hand, don't we? We have a game. No, nah, we're even with Arsenal and City, I believe now. Or no, All we're right. even with City. Our, we have a game in hand on Arsenal. So which means you have a game in hand in City because our game today got postponed. Wait, standing. We have played ten games. Everybody's played ten. Dude. Today was our makeup game. Queen Elizabeth fucked everything up. Mm. Why'd she? Yeah, uh, you know what? I had my I had my say on it on so, the episode. That so she we're died. back level on games. No games in hand, and uh, we are sitting what five se- seven points behind City, and yeah, we're eleven smack points behind the shit out of Nottingham Forest too this weekend. That's going to be a nine niller probably. But. Hopefully. Cannot wait for you to lose. I'm gonna laugh my ass off when you lose, dude. If we lose to Nottingham, that would be bad. I don't think that's gonna happen. But if Dean if Dean Henderson's wearing a hat and has yeah. the holes cut in his socks, we're fucked. Mm, Nico that Williams is true. bombing up the right. <laughs> anyway, it's Get gonna be a hell of a weekend. That does it for episode 12. We'll see you guys at the Mariners this weekend. Monument Square in a month. We got a ton of fun stuff coming. Liverpool are so back. The main stand is the mood. Deuces. This is episode 12? Yeah. Nice. I didn't know that. Bye, everyone. Deuces. Peace.